0: Welcome to the Entail AI Podcast, discussions with marketing executives sharing the latest techniques for growing their businesses online. So
1: welcome to Entail Podcast, where we host uh, marketing leaders from various companies, multi-sust companies. And today I have the pleasure of having with me Ryan Pollock, ex-Google, Mozilla, and DigitalOcean Senior Marketing Manager, and CMO. Um, So uh, hi, Ryan, very glad to have you here and board with us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Tom.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So before before we uh, dive into uh, generative AI and its role in marketing, and um, already I feel like this is going to be an interesting and, and uh, probably extraordinary kind of conversation. Um, so before that, you want to maybe take a moment
0: and introduce yourself a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So I'm in the the U.S. I live in San Francisco. Uh, I moved here in 2002 after studying computer science, a good school back east, Uh, spent a couple of years writing software at Oracle, and uh, joined a startup called JotSpot way back in 04. And if you've ever used products like Atlassian Confluence or Notion, uh, JotSpot was beating those products years ago. Uh, We got bought by Google in 05. Uh, I've been doing marketing and product management at JobSpot, and I I spent the next nine years at Google uh, in the first iteration of their enterprise team, launched things like Gmail for work, uh, moved into mobile for a number of years, uh, and then around 2014, uh, moved to Google Cloud Platform in sort of its early days and helped launch things like Kubernetes, which is now, of course, sort of as industry standard. Uh, A couple years later, joined DigitalOcean, uh, very popular independent provider of cloud infrastructure. Uh, more recently, worked at a competitor to, to DigitalOcean, a smaller company called Bullisher, uh, launching things like cloud GPUs, managed databases, managed databases, and so on. Um, and really, uh, since since working on GPUs there, and uh, of course even more so in in that I really do consider it a, a post chat GPT kind of world that we're in now um have been all the more obsessed with generative AI its its capabilities um so very happy to, to speak on, on that and, and any, anything about my past experience and sort of how it informs my point of view okay so
1: so just one thing that I'm curious about before we dive into you know generative AI um so you started as a developer you say, and you moved into a product which makes sense it's close to, Dev and product are close. But then you move more into into marketing as well. And and often, you know, dev and, and marketing are, you know, almost at the like opposite extremes. So maybe you can maybe you can like uh let us know a little bit about that. I mean what made you
0: Yeah. I mean I you know I I was always the the super annoying straight A student <laughs> growing up. Um so I just had a lot of different interests and uh you know I loved Writing, um, you know, writing and reading books and so on. And uh, when I got into high school and college, got into economics, and uh, it was it was like 2004 that I discovered search engine marketing. And to me, that was like this really interesting fusion of wow. There's actually, I mean, there's there's numbers all over the place. I mean, this is all about you know just just making return on investments work and and spending in a way that somehow. Creates value instead of destroys value. Um, I found that really interesting. And uh, when I joined the startup JotSpot, I, I we were about ten people at the time, really outstanding team. The guys who had started Excite, um, and I, you know, I, I just kind of fell into this opportunity to do marketing and product marketing. And I, I found that for me, it allowed me to, to be technical at times, but at the same time, really think about well, what makes this product useful to and then customer, what's the story, what's the strategy? Um, and I've just been able to kind of span you know, this this universe from diving at times very deep into technology, but then I've worked on even consumer products at Google, really zooming out in, in a human way and having a, at times an emotional narrative, not just a purely rational one. Um, so anyhow, I found for me that marketing is just this role that let, lets me scratch all of these different interests that i have from kind yeah. of my upbringing yeah
1: i think i think um for, so first of all you don't see many people make this shift i mean uh, not a lot of yeah. developers even move out of development because there's always a lot of need for them but yeah um i think there's a lot of advantages to a person who can to a marketer who understands development and understands code yeah. and all that Especially if you're marketing uh, a tech product or, or not yeah. tech product, a, te- a product that targets developers. Because I Absolutely. think that's that's one of the probably like most challenging and also quite expensive uh, fields to be in. I mean, expensive because, I mean, we do have clients in, in the industry, is you know Like like cyber and so on, where, yeah. where the cost of content creation is almost like the cost of writing code. Because yeah, you need no, people with, with that expertise, right? So that's that's super challenging there, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, for the past several years, I've I've kind of been more focused on marketing of, of infrastructure products, developer platforms. Um, and I kind of have decided to specialize in that even though I've, I've done consumer at Google, at least part of the time. Um, it, it did ultimately occur to me that like the fact that I have this technical background makes me part of a you know a smaller supply if you will of people who could actually bridge all these different worlds um so yeah and, and when it comes to creating content that is technically detailed and ultimately helpful for for a developer audience that's that's what they want more than anything else is they want help in figuring out how to do the thing that they're trying to do um but yeah the, the people who can who can who can kind of do some of that work is it's not as massive as, as other kinds of market.
1: Okay. And, um, and so, okay, so let's, let's, let's start moving into, into topics that are related to AI. So like you say, I mean, um, a lot of marketing, I mean, I always say that all, all companies, all brands need content in their marketing and, um, and now there's a trend, which I see in many companies and some of our clients as well, we see marketing leaders being pushed by, you know, by their CEOs or other executives uh, to drive down costs using AI and so on. You know, I think I think it actually started to stable when I when coming like come to think of it in the beginning, you know, like after ChatGPT launched, it was like, you know, like more like a AI frenzy, you know. And now people, they still want to use AI, but it's it's kinda like a bit calmer than than six months ago or a year ago. Um, but still, I mean my opinion, and that's also what we do it until, is, is, you know, you want to use AI, but you want to be smart about it. So, and like the way we analyze it is, you know, if you can create endless amount of content with AI, it means that it's it's even more of, of uh, an inflation that used to be even before AI. I mean, there was inflation even before AI. Now it's hyperinflation. So doing more of the same will not help you stand out. Eventually, you know, if you go in Google Search Console, there's this uh, status scroll or discovered not That's where your, your content is going to go if you just create uh, junk content. So you need to move more toward toward like expertise, and that's why I also mentioned like you like you being a developer and all that. So, so what, what's your take on that? How do you think uh, companies should go about this uh, now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, generative AI it, it does you know, some people have said that it brings the cost of content creation to zero. I've seen some people say that. I mean, I think that's a bit of hyperbole. Um, but for certain kinds of content, this, you know, that, that, that's, that's basically true. Um, but, uh, for the really good stuff, I I still think that, uh, you're going to need human, uh, you know, probably more than oversight, you know, collaboration truthfully um but i think uh you know we are we are living in a a world where i mean every day it's it's just unbelievable like i i I struggle mightily um to consume the things that uh i would like to consume and also to figure out how to put back out into the world like there's there's a tension there um but uh I, I think that uh, the companies that uh, continue to create content that engages their audience, you know, in, their, in, in the world of, of sort of developer marketing, that is really helpful and uniquely so. Um, those are going to be the ones that I think uh, you know do quite well. Um, but uh, you know, one other one other thing I'll I'll just mention here is uh, over the past you know, 10 to 15 years, um, many kinds of companies have been uh, sort of, you know, bored or or, or propelled by uh, Google search. Um, You know, I I happened to to work at one company, I I was at DigitalOcean, which is a cloud infrastructure provider, uh, providing things like virtual machines and, and Kubernetes and databases, GPUs now, um and a lot of that company's success has historically been due to the fact that they were able to build a, a really impressive collection of content tutorials, developer how to deploy Ubuntu operating system or MySQL database or Mongo, what have you. Um, and uh, as as people, as the masses increasingly shift off of Google finding information, it, it it does really change kind of the equation um this sort of content strategy what what works how to grow a company in in this ai era it's all, all kind of different now um so, so anyhow so so, so um, I, just, I, you,
1: just, uh, to, just to clarify you're saying that uh, i'm sorry for a but you're saying yep. basically that now because of of uh chat gpt for example people can yep. go and just ask chat gpt how to questions Instead of like going to that type of content, like like uh, digital action hat, yeah,
0: yeah. No, personally, I I use ChatGPT pretty much anytime I want to learn something. Now, um, it's it's oftentimes my starting point. Um, and it, it, for me, like I've been, uh, you know, really curious to to understand a lot more around uh, you know what what it means to to actually build AI models. Whether PyTorch or, or various other kinds of frameworks or um for me just uh you know learning so many things over the past you know year or really since kind of a lot of this stuff really took off um ChatGPT is it, it is my teacher um and then the second thing I do is I go to YouTube um so for, you know that's that's me um but uh you know 10 years ago it was it was Google, um, for the developer community, Googling things, I think a lot of time, a lot of times on say stack overflow. Um, so anyhow, within the, the developer world, you know, things have, there, there's definitely been an earthquake, I would say, um, over the past years. to well, how, how do you go about kind of learning, um, the things that so many people are trying to learn now. Um, so anyhow, a lot, a lot is changing very, very quickly, right?
1: Now. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not the developer, so I'm not, I don't consume developer content, but I can tell you, for example, I mean, uh, like client of ours, that does, uh, uh they have an app for like profit and loss calculations and all that. And a lot of the content that they used to do before was like, you know, like 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 spreadsheet templates for like P and and things like that. And even like, like how to solve things on Excel and all that, but this type of content is now very easily like if nowadays, I mean, if I use Google Sheets and I need a formula, I just ask GPT like, write the formula, yep. this and that, it, you write all the rules and it basically writes the formula. So for this type yep. of content, for me, there's no reason to Google it anymore. So I like, I would yep. say like this query, query class, I don't Google anymore. I just ask GPT But, uh, yep. and I guess for, for a lot of like dev related questions, that that's true as well. Um,
0: but the yeah point. i think one of the, the the great irony in a way is that it's it's now far easier to create content because of generative ai but the efficacy <laughs> of, of such content um is also dramatically reduced apparently partly that's due to a supply increase of content but partly it's also just the user experience of of retrieving the content one is looking for is now fundamentally changed from from you having to you to know comb through twenty different links to okay now you have this seemingly omniscient chatbot um that could of course be manipulated to to retrieve things from the internet and so on. Um so it's it's the the the, the entire model is 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 you know disrupted um at least if you're doing this kind of right in my opinion um and i i don't think we're you know we're not we're we're, we're no we're not we're, we're not near a new normal yeah. yet <laughs> i would say there was a normal before chat gpt to me we're we're working towards figuring out what this is going to look like um but i don't think we're going to know any kind of i don't think we're going to as an industry be in any sort of like equilibrium kind of state Probably at least another five years. Things are always changing, but like the amount that it continues that, to change, just yeah, yeah,
1: I it's, I, it's, I definitely agree with that. It will take more time until you know the the, the chips start to and, and into place, and we really yeah. understand where we're at. The market has definitely changed, and I think it's also interesting. I often speak about that, you know, that Google is still rolling out uh, SG, you know, the search generator experience, which yeah. is. Not a very good name for for this feature, I think.
0: Uh, <laughs> Believe me, it's better than it's better than. I, I honestly, I, I like left Google because of naming issues. Or I, I can tell you that story sometimes, but no, no joke. <laughs> Even though their algorithm updates, I, I often
1: like the name. Like they have this this new feature called Perspectives. I think it really encapsulates what the feature is about. But with SG, it's super interesting. Like how this rollout has been taking like so long. They haven't released it to the entire population right? yet, right? So. I think, I think it's very interesting, I mean, the way, and I just spoke about it in the previous uh, uh, podcast, but I think they have like three priorities. First thing, like Google, I mean, search. The first priority is giving you the best results, otherwise you are going to leave them. The second priority, once you have the the where you have the best results, you have the traffic, then you wanna monetize it. So it's making sure that the ads work. And then the third priority, which is a metric that I'm sure they measure, I don't know, I have no inside information, maybe you can share some, but I'm sure they measure, they must measure the click-through rate from their search results to the internet, because if they don't send, if they don't, send, if they stop sending or reduce the amount of traffic they're sending from their search results to the internet, people will create less content for Google and they will create more content for social media or wherever they get traffic from. And this means that Google will basically like like dry their source. So I think that's the most important metric after the quality of the search results. And uh, uh, and monetization, and I think having all these three work well is is really like the the most important part before they can like really like open SG to everyone. And I think
0: they're not yeah. there yet. I think they're not there yet in terms yeah, of the quality of yeah. the results, right? I mean, I, and I left Google back in 2015 after my, my daughter was born, so I I haven't been on the inside for many years now. Um, but every Every aspect of that product was deeply instrumented. Um, but from my perspective, like I I mean, I when I look at open AI in particular, it's it's such deja vu for me. Um that uh you know, this this company has has come along. Um to me, it feels so much like the Google Playbook of of old. And uh by by accident though, by accident, I don't think that your business doesn't strike me as one that, that was uh predicated entirely upon consumer intent to to build this massive massive uh consumer business um but uh anyhow i i, I view i view what's happening with ai honestly it's an absolute nightmare for google um you know it's uh i, I don't know exactly i'm not following your financials that closely or what have you but uh the capabilities are, are so completely disruptive to the standard Google experience and, and business model. Um, I I mean, I I don't know, and of course they're having plenty of drama. They've had for drama for years now, um, you know, in terms of people and, and layoffs and so on. Um, but uh, anyhow, I... I get why they've been cautious about all this. I think it's, it's, it's just so tremendously disruptive yeah. to, uh, to their core product. And, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so bullish.
1: <laughs> By the way, what, what do you think about, about that? Uh, like what I just mentioned, do you think the, cause I, I, I heard uh, Sachin Adela, you know, the, uh, Microsoft CEO speak about, about being and incorporating ChatGPT. And he spoke about the traffic that they're sending back to publishers, sending back to the internet from the search engine, as one of the most important metrics that they measure.
0: Um, I'm, I'm sorry, you broke up for about 15 seconds. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I, I was
1: saying that I saw an interview with Sachin Adela from Microsoft, uh, yep. the CEO, and he spoke about ChatGPT incorporating that into Bing, and he mentioned how. The uh, the traffic, how important it is to, for them to measure the traffic that they send from the search results to the internet? How that so that's one of the main metrics that they measure. Yeah. And so I'm just asking again, like I know you haven't worked in Google for a while now, but um, but do you think do you think that's also like a very important metric for Google to measure, like how they're like how they increase the traffic? Because they they say that every year, you know, that, that the amount of traffic going from Google to the internet. Yeah increases every year even though they have you know like the the snippet that shows the answer so you're not you don't necessarily have to go and read the the article but if you get i mean people who get the snippet know it generates a lot of traffic and you have many different elements that could that could mean that the search ends there and you don't need to go and and read an article or click into onto a website but but do you think that's really like a very important metric for them to to like really measure how much traffic they're saying to the internet yeah
0: Yes, if if uh, you know, let's just be kind of precise about the definitions here. Um, when I hear you say you know M- Microsoft or, or OpenAI is measuring uh, the percent of queries that basically have to go out to the internet, I I, I interpret that as uh, basically uh, so so when when GPT is running. Um, that's a model. It's got a, a bunch of parameters. It's it's basically just performing a calculation um, based on the words that were input to it. When I when I hear Satya uh, say, "Oh, well, this is a query that's going out to the internet," to me that that's what everyone in the tech industry is calling retrieval augmented generation, REG, where it's basically going out and and fetching information from websites or maybe it's running a, a bing query or something like that that and is augment the model's output through with, with the context that it was retrieving the internet um whereas when i when i think of google it's like okay well maybe someone goes out to the inner goes out to another set on the internet because the answer is not immediately they have to click a button and, and navigate or something so it's a it's a little a little bit different um but i think in general um, for Google, like as, as, as people get more and more answers from Google without having to click to a website that, that, that just poses such an inherent problem to Google's ad um, driven business model where people, customers are paying to get those clicks. If they're not, yeah. there's no need, no, no need for that. Then the whole thing kind of falls apart. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's to me why this is such an existential threat to, to Google's core business, why they went into whatever code red over a year ago. Um and it's, you know, it that to me is like why why I question kind of the viability of that product. I mean we're not, you know, if, if it is if in if in a year we're not all talking to our iPhones in a way that Joaquin well, Phoenix and, and her is doing in the movie, like yeah. in my view it's well like kinda like What's wrong, Apple? What, what what's taking you so long here? <laughs> um, it might take a bit longer. But we're, not, we're not we're not far. Um, so so anyhow the uh, the Google core business is to me very very much in in question. Um, but by the but, uh, world. So anyhow, there's, I, there's, there's the working world well.
1: and do that. <laughs> if, so if if I understand you correctly, um, you're saying on one hand the Google that because, and, and I haven't thought about it like this, and this is very, very uh, smart, I think, that because people don't click to the internet, they don't, They also don't click ads, and so Google can make money the same. So that's why it's such a, even more than anything else, that in itself is a huge threat. But, but then you're saying, or if I understand you correctly, that if this is a threat for Google, uh, then, it's also a kind of uh model like business model problem for chat gpt because if chat gpt can can produce clicks to a website and so on then it's also difficult for them to monetize so if if the search stops there well, if I the I stops- this well. and
0: i it, it, what's 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 emerging now is uh, rather than a- advertising being uh you know that the modernization method we're, we're we're seeing subscription payments as the business model and open ai already is selling uh to consumers 20 dollars a month they've launched an enterprise product a teams product for smbs microsoft somewhat oddly in my opinion is moving towards selling their co-pilot functionality Um, For basically the same price points, but like under the Microsoft Copilot brand, as as compared to OpenAI and ChatGPT. Um, So, so, so anyhow, we're we're seeing a a difference in business model and uh, a willingness from, you know, I I would say a certain class of consumer, uh, and certainly, you know, an enterprise um, business environment to pay for AI capabilities i think that there's there's more work to do to to make this all out of the the end user experience that i would like i i would like to just have a single AI subscription that i can carry with me to every application that's that's what i i posted a couple of times on linkedin just like hey open ai go do this if you can just let me carry my open ai subscription everywhere they're going to end up with 99% market share um, but, uh, anyhow, there's, it's going to be a new business model. Um, and, and the, the, the ad supported Google experience is basically going to be for people who don't make this transition or for people that for whatever reason, maybe don't have the, the funds to pay the $20 a month or whatever to open AI
1: but did, did or you potentially think that...
0: other model providers. And there's, there's other.
1: But don't you think that Google can, can compete with the open AI? Because I mean, if you look at at, um, at the chat GPT model, I mean, eventually for yeah. me, I mean, the way I perceive this is, is just another layer on top of the search engine because eventually you need you need to read the entire internet, you know, crawl the entire internet, index all that information, rank that information and so on. So basically the search engine is is a huge stepping stone on, on the way to 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 the AI model that can get the information from the search engine because also on, on Bing, if you on on ChatGPT, if you if you ask it, you know, like uh, um, about like I know like current news and so on, it goes it, it searches on Bing, right? You could say Google's Bing, but it searches yep. on Bing. Right, it searches for the information. So it is another layer on top of the search engine, and and Google has the best search engine. I mean, by, I mean they're much better than Bing and so it's,
0: it's, see i the way the way the way i view it is that it's not a layer on top of the search engine it's that the search engine is a utility for the model and that's that's exactly what OpenAI has implemented within chat now they treat B- the search engine as as a as a utility they happen to be in partnership with microsoft's of course so they use bing which Still seems to be inferior to Google as far as I can tell, um, but nonetheless, the model quality is good enough. And you're you're right in, in sort of saying like, it, I think Google can build a model that's probably comparable or better or maybe who knows to, to open OpenAI, where, where where all of this kind of sits. You know, as as far as who wins here, um, it comes down to uh, you know what's commonly called the access point, which is. It's literally how does how does a end user go ahead and, and initiate a query? Is it through the Chrome browser? Is it through Safari on an iPhone? Is it through an application? Is it through saying you know just just pressing a, a physical button on a phone? All of these kinds of you know where commonly called access points um, are are going to you know ultimately I think dictate what happens here. Um, and you know, Microsoft, like weeks ago, made the announcement that they're adding for the first time in like 30 years, a, a physical key to the, the PC keyboard, um, to engage with their Copilot, which, which is OpenAI underneath. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, uh, there's, there's no doubt that there's, there's more in flux than I think there's been in decades. Um. And, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm Google, um, and I own Chrome and I have this business, that depends on people clicking a link. If I'm, if I, you know, if I'm Google, like I'm, I'm, I know that like I can make these changes that are in consumer interest. They're not necessarily in the interest of the business. And that is like the thing that has fundamentally changed because for so long, the, uh, the you know, what, what consumers have wanted to do has aligned with what also make Google money, at least with, with the one exception being Google, like logging everything that the user ever does and, and completely mining data, that, that's that been the one one thing that's been a, disaligned. But now we have like a fundamental user experience misalignment. And that that is a, the real challenge for Google to navigate. And I don't think there's a great answer because everything that they do now to give the sort of customer experience that people want, it's basically undercutting the the core business model. Um, so anyhow, I didn't know I'd end up talking about all this today. I had other other work i mean to talk about, but like this is this is Google.
1: I don't know, I mean, I it's like, think it's like, uh, I'm I'm fascinated uh, to the to the point of obsession with this topic because since just GPT large I mean, since Intel's business is, is uh, um, grounded so much in in search, I mean, we built we built a model, we call it the topical authority model, which, I mean, um, in essence, uh, tries to imitate Google and kind of like build an upside-down model of Google that that, that can predict how to, how to rank content. And we look a lot at, at, at Google's model or the way we perceive it because we don't have inside information as, as a kind of um, called topical authority, but as a kind of an authority on, on what content you need to create and, and how this content should look like because Google is the most almost like universal it's not one algorithm it's like hundreds of algorithms but it's the most uh universal model of like what content is is the best content to answer a specific query so i've been i've been really obsessed with this since ChatGPT came out and like and like uh, um seeing how we also uh adapt to this and so and and yeah and let's and let let's bring this back uh home to marketing so so this was more like um a talk about about the like the main like strategy and, and and our predictions but but in today's like day-to-day uh, um how the what do you think is the right way for marketers to use uh generative ai because i see so many you know like you see uh, all those like like uh get rich uh quick schemes on on social media and all that and it looks like complete bullshit it's like it like this that i mean i had a podcast with this guy for he said that this prompt is not gonna change your life like you know, to answer all this, like this prompt is gonna change your. Eye. It's not. If you're doing a video about this, if you're watching a video about this, and then half a million people also watch this, they're doing the exact same prompt. It means that you, if you use it, you're not gonna stand out because everybody is doing this, right? So, what, what do you think is the right way to to go about this to, to use AI in your marketing?
0: i mean, I'll, I mean, maybe this answers your question, but I'll I'll show you probably because I think it's it's a bit funny, um, and, and worth talking about. But like y- you had sent me. Prior to our discussion today, you had sent me uh, a list of topics, you know, so at least I, I wasn't totally blindsided as to what we'd be talking about. Um, and, and to me, like the, the right way to, to use AI, um, it starts with honestly, I think, a bit of humility um, in acknowledging that we as individuals cannot know everything um, and and making this admission that uh, anything that we might be asked to do in sort of the the white collar working world of, of thought um, is now worth consulting something that that maybe knows more than us. And what I'm showing you here, you know, is is my it's it's somewhat of a joke, but at the same time not. Um, you know, months ago now, I I basically you know after OpenAI announced the ability to create custom GPTs, I basically I quote cloned myself, um, by feeding in, you know, my, my resume and about literally 30 minutes of me doing, a you know, just like a, a, a completely, uh, soliloquy, <laughs> a soliloquy of a, of a narrative about my, my experiences and opinions and, and so on. Um, so I, I've not even published this to the GPT store, by the way, but it's, it's, it's accessible. Um, but uh, anyhow, I, I, I added this basically as an overlay atop of ChatGPT. Um, and now periodically, like, I'll go, you know, if someone sends me, you know, a bunch of questions over email. Like, you know, I got these, you know, requests to consult from time to time. Um, and I, I find that, like, oh, you know, whatever. I can, I, can, I can have this generate the answers to that more quickly. Um, the other day you know someone wanted to, to talk to me about uh, some data center stuff and even before a call he like asked my my gpt like what 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 did it what did it thought about uh, sort of edge data centers and and how they would be useful for ai um so anyhow the the macro level point is like for all, for us all as marketers let's be honest that we don't know everything it's it's suddenly now worth consulting with various forms of AI to to, to basically learn what it recommends. Um, so, of course, in seeing that you sent me this, you know these list of topics, I I asked my GPT about half an hour before a call, like, what what do you think I should say? Um, and I haven't, of course, talked about all these points, um, but I'd say that they're pretty darn good. Um, they don't have all of the internal perspective I personally have about things like Google because I was the one that spent nine years on the inside of that place. Um, but nonetheless, like there's a lot here that maybe I wouldn't necessarily think of myself. Um, and of course, as far as, well, how does this change marketing work? And, you know, I, I I popped into, to gamma earlier. I don't know if you're familiar with this tool, but a nice presentation maker, I happen to be out of credits at the moment. Um but I have in the in the past used this to like drop in a bunch of text that ChatGPT has generated and then make some really beautiful slides. Um so I was playing very briefly this morning trying to get Google slides making some stuff and needless to say I didn't in in a few minutes I spent trying to get what they call duet AI um to make something pretty. I didn't actually manage to do it yet. Um, but but uh, anyhow, um, for marketers, all of this means, okay, when it comes to, to strategizing, to writing, you would be foolish not to get the help that AI could provide. And then when it comes to actually producing all, all the the distant, different kinds of content, making it beautiful, et designs, and, and all these things, um, the tools continue to evolve at such warp speed. Every day, there's something I wish I had the time to try. And I'm still way behind on actually trying all the things I'd, I'd like to, um, which includes your product, by the way, it entails, so I'll, I'll plug that for you. Um, but uh, anyhow, the the workflows... I'll the, show
1: you a few, few things after the
0: <laughs> The workflows and everything we do, I think, as, as marketers, um, we have to admit to ourselves that the way we go about it is, is fundamentally different. Um, and, and due to the changes and things like Google search, um, a lot of the things that maybe used to work, a lot of the sorts of content we might produce and so on, even as chain Um, so anyhow, this is, uh, a, a remarkably disruptive time
1: to, to be in this industry. Yeah. But, uh, so, so this, uh, GPT model that, that you, that you train basically, I think. So, so what's your opinion about that? That, I mean. How well does it perform? Um, I mean, do, do you think it's it, it can really provide answers on your behalf, like even even like like insights and, and and so on, or is it just superficial?
0: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I haven't even queried it myself as extensively as I'd like. You know, but uh, it in my in my testing, if you will, like absolutely. Um it, it it is already useful. I mean it can, you know, it, it can it can certainly regale, you know, various stories of my career or otherwise make a plausible work. Um and uh I, I think its ability uh to just act in a way as as my spokesperson um is kinda there. Um you know, I I think about a future in which uh you know individuals in the industry are effectively represented by agents um, sort of in a way as, as professional athletes. Um, I I think that could be really interesting. Um, So anyhow, it's, it's already useful. I'm not exactly marketing it aggressively or anything like that. Um, I would love to, you know, I, I would love for, 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 to be able to, to have an audience of users who would charge to, that i could charge to talk to it or whatever i'm not there yet um but uh i i already find like you yeah. know way everybody
1: i think i think it's like, i think it's gonna be super interesting to see i mean if we if we do reach a point where you can have an agent speaking on your behalf as, as as a model you know um that's insane that's the i mean i can't even i can't even grasp the the implications of that that's that's such a change
0: yeah. I mean, even for professionals, whatever, I, I think that could be really interesting. Um, but, uh, I mean already there's, there's different services. I, I think like do not pay.com that you can basically have agents go and negotiate, you know, when, when, when for whatever reason you don't want to pay a bill. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly, uh, heading towards a, a world in which we can have different kinds of AI agents work on our behalf. Um, and uh yeah there's there, there's definitely times when when people ask me things and i i really you know wanted to say hey go go talk to my gpt um sort of like uh how uh you know parents might might ask a, a tech how do i do this my computer question and the answer is simply let me let me google that for you um now now the answer can be go ask chat GPT or go ask this particular GPT um, so anyhow it's uh all this is a it's a continuation of, of, of trends but uh, on steroids
1: but so so why do you think today I mean with I mean so there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of speculation um, but marketers you know they have they have to sell products today so so I mean uh, and I've, I have that as well like in my company where we need to decide where we want to invest in our, our our marketing budget. And so where do you think marketers should focus? On? I mean, should they focus on, on like search when search is changing? Should they focus more on social media? Pay channel. Paid is also very challenging now, you know, privacy and so on.
0: I mean, I think every business is a bit different as to, you know, what it makes sense to focus on. Um, I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, in, in, in the world that I am more focused on, of say, developer platforms and infrastructure and those kinds of things, um, and, I mean, very common for people to talk about product-led growth, ELG, which to me, I, I sort of find funny that it's become this massive buzzword because in, in nine years at Google, that's all we ever did. And not once. With- I, I agree with that completely. I mean, in, in consumer
1: that you didn't even have a word for that. It, it was like reading, right? Like like PLG, that that's yep. what they are doing consumer, and yep. now they do it in in B two B. They gave it a fancy name, but you know every every consumer marketer has, has known this for at least two decades, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's to me it's funny, um, but I think you know in, in the in the sorts of businesses that lend themselves to that, um, not every not everything does, um, but uh, just making making products, you know easy to use having quality marketing content that is, is simple and beautiful. Um, and then figuring out, well, you know, just where, where is your audience, you know, and sort of up until now, a lot of audience has been on Google. Um, a lot of it is still on channels like YouTube and, and there's TikTok, which I I refuse to go on personally, but like if you're, if you're marketing to teenagers and clearly, um, It's insane. But, uh, it, it's but it yeah, insane. Going going where your audience is. Yeah, going going where your audience is. Um, that's that's rule number one. In in different kinds of products, you know, have some some have very broad audiences, some have very narrow narrow audiences, and maybe high purchase prices in the, in the enterprises. Um, so marketing to me, it's it's just about you know making sure that. You know your product, you know your audience, and and you can get to them in a way that ultimately is is efficient. Um, which brings me back to the economics background that I, I mentioned earlier. It's like, well, that's that's kind of what it's about at the end of the day. It's you trying to do something that that is profitable at least, especially in in the world that we're now in. That suddenly people care about yeah I have to
1: tell you that I think also in terms of of uh, even if you think about ChatGPT and so on. Um, cause, cause for SEO, you know, if you want to optimize for, for, for search, you know, there's tools like, like phrase and so on that basically tell you how to write your article. They, they read the, the first SERP, you know, they get the first 10 results and they kind of like tell you how to structure your content. So it's like the first 10 results, which I'm, I'm very much against because, uh, because for me, if, if it tells you how to create content, that's more and more like the search results. It means that that ChatGPT can create very similar content. They're like the closer your content is to the machine content, it's closer to like that example of the Google Sheet formula. Okay, it's something that ChatGPT can create. I mean, it's it's opposite of, of human content. So, but but SEOs are into that. Like, okay, there's, there's a tool that tells tells me how to write things. I don't need to think too hard. I don't need to do any research really, and then I just use these tools. I don't like it, but. On the other hand, when you think about, okay, so ChatGPT can also point you into like what product to use. Uh, you can compare products. I, I wanted to buy a baby stroller, so I asked ChatGPT, you know, like, can you compare Bugaboo? And uh, I forgot the other brands. I ended up buying a Bugaboo stroller. Um, not because of ChatGPT, by the way. I ended up because of a review uh, on YouTube that was very good. The guy was extremely good. He's, uh, he repairs strollers or something like that, so he's the guy to create that content and really shows you like all the ins and outs, how to select this So I'm very much for that type of like expert content and like those where you can see really expertise. But my point is if you can create content, if you can optimize content for search and you can understand the logic behind it, there must be a kind of a logic of how you wanna optimize content to be featured also or to appear in the chat GPT answer. But it's it's so unpredictable it's so unpredictable. So, uh, but but I'm sure companies. I mean, they're gonna want more and more to be there. I mean, the more people use these tools and ask them questions, you you bound to appear in those answers, as long as you provide good content that the model is gonna use to formulate its own answers. So, well, what's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think we will see. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm not an expert in in the various tools that have. Uh, have been created to try to understand exactly what's going on as far. Well. as I know like Google trends, but like there's obviously a, an industry of, of, tools to try to provide further analysis atop, atop of Google out. But yeah, the, the ranking within generative AI responses from, from chat GPT or, or potentially other models. Um, I think that there's already some, some things that I've, I've just seen, uh, mentioned in, in newsletters that to try to do this. Um, but yeah i think uh we'll see more and more uh you know, th- there will be new tools to help people rank an ai there will be also more attention paid to, uh, to how to exclude yourself from that due to things like copyright issues um but yeah it's uh it's for some businesses they're going to want to be in, in the in the generator generated responses for, for the new york times hell no um but uh yeah, it's, uh, it's all evolving in real time.
1: Yeah, I think by the way, and then uh, when we're over time, so maybe you will we'll finish with that, but because um, uh, this has been a very interesting conversation, but I think we're talking about ChatGPT and how it changes Google and search and how disruptive it is. But then on the other hand, TikTok is just as disruptive as well for Google. I think more people, especially the young generation, prefers TikTok over Google search engine and prefers it over ChatGPT as well because they're looking for the human experience. They're looking for that that reality type content to really know which restaurant to choose or what shoes to buy or whatever, you know? So I think that's just the other side of the spectrum. So Google is like, you know, it seems like two huge companies appearing uh, almost like out of nowhere and, and like... Yeah. They... Taking away their their market, right? Yeah, I So about but that's it, that's a completely different
0: Yeah. I mean t- TikTok is less of a Google replacement, I think, um, than you know, TikTok is obviously more of a problem for Meta, Facebook, Instagram. Um, it is a problem for YouTube. Um that's why YouTube has done YouTube shorts now. Um but uh yeah, I mean to me, it's 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 a they serve different purposes as far as sort of what is the the consumer problem in the moment. I mean, Google has always been about getting getting someone in and out as, as quickly as possible, whereas TikTok or Facebook or Instagram is about the opposite of that. It's like how can we keep this person here as long as possible? Um, so they're they're different things. In some way, they they may end up similarly informing like consumer product selection or what have you um but they're they're different um but youtube is uh you know that's that tends to be i think where where people go for longer form content and and tiktok is for that you know 15 second fix um that sometimes turns seemingly into hours for people but uh but yeah tiktok is another another thing yes so um so okay well that was good. yeah
1: yeah it was very interesting um it's also very interesting to hear there's i mean you definitely sound different than than many marketers i speak to and then it has to do probably with you know who you are and then a lot about like a lot uh because of your background so you look at it more like also as a developer and all that not many marketers have this uh perspective so it's uh it's been very informative i, I learned quite a lot uh yeah so so thanks a lot um been a pleasure talking to you and yeah and hopefully we can we can also like catch up in, in a few months see how our things have changed because like i say, the market is moving so quickly So you know our perspectives also will change very quickly now yeah
0: yeah all right we'll be in touch and uh, you know looking forward to putting this out
1: sure okay thank you very much ryan